This is such an interesting gospel. It requires a little bit of background. Uh, there's a lot of seeking going on here. We're all seekers, you know. We may have faith, we may not, but we're all seeking something. I think we're all seeking an end to this COVID thing. If, we, if there is an end to it, you know, it seems eternal. It's been a year. Uh, and we're all seeking happiness, you know. Some are seeking keep their business afloat or money or success or power to look better, especially you get older. But um, whatever we're seeking, not, every, not all of it satisfies. So we find people seeking a cure, Jesus seeking to be alone, uh, the disciples seeking Jesus. I, you know, in, in the gospel last week, we found Jesus walking along almost as if by accident, calling Jane, uh, Peter and Andrew from their boats uh, as he walks along. It could be anyone, right? Only that wasn't a coincidence. Jesus was seeking them. Remember, he lived in Nazareth. What's he doing in Capernaum? Why does he begin his ministry there with the words we use in Lent, repent and believe in the good news of the gospel? Um, Peter and Andrew were both, we know from another gospel, down at the Dead Sea where John, that area where John was, John the Baptist was preaching. And Andrew happened to hear John say, of Jesus, behold the Lamb of God. Not a coincidence. But Andrew was there, Peter was not. Andrew, on hearing this, got excited. Remember, they're seeking. See, they're fishermen. But they, they found the time to go down there and check John out. And Andrew immediately goes out and seeks Peter and says, I think we found the Messiah. And Peter goes running. And they say to him, Master, where do you live? Now they're seeking more time with him. And he says, come and see. So he invites them into his home. Look how that is an image of prayer for us, right? Are we seeking Jesus that much? Or are we just going through the motions? This has been a year of either we're seeking or we're not. We have to hold on to our faith. It's a time of challenge. It's been for all of us on many levels, but especially in faith. So that's the background. And so, and you know, James and John are part of the fishing business there. At this point, at first you think they're just uneducated fishermen, but John knew the high priest. So obviously he had connections and was seeking. And in fact, his gospel is very, very, very high Greek. So he must have been an educated man. Um, so anyway, Jesus is walking along the shore and he calls Andrew and Peter. It looks as though they made a snap decision, but they had been thinking about Jesus ever since they got back to their boat. And they go and follow him. So now, now we find them, we find Jesus in Peter's and Andrew's house. Must have been a little crowded in there. That house still exists, the foundation, since the first century it's been revered. There's a big church on top of it, looks like a UFO, ever been there? But uh, it's pretty on the inside, though. And uh, so there they are in this little house. Peter has a mother-in-law. What's that all about? Nobody knows. We never hear about the wife. We never hear about her again. Is he a widower? Well, that's a question we'll have to wait to ask him when we see him, right? So in any case, he heals Peter's mother-in-law. What does she do? She's cooking for them and leaning out the window and saying, guess what? Come over here. Jesus healed me. It's a small town, right? Does anybody live in a small town? 
when I was in Tillamook, you know, when I came here, uh, it was not the usual time for a priest to be leaving. And I caught everyone by surprise Saturday night because I kept my mouth shut. And I got this big gasp when I said I'm going up here to Kaiser in four weeks. But by, by Sunday morning, everybody all the way up to that story had heard about it. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I, I didn't surprise anybody. And this is the gossip line got going, you know. And so all these people show up at the door. And Jesus is healing one after the other after the other. And this is his first time. He just got back from 40 days of praying in the desert, see? And now he's going to go off and pray again. Why does he need to pray? He's God. Well, his human portion, you know, he gave up omniscience for 33 years. He only had a human brain. He had to rely on his father, like us. He needed to get a vision. He finished that and dismissed probably half the town because it was late. He said, you know, and he's thinking to himself, why am I here? Everyone needs a healing. If he were here, is there one person here that doesn't need to be healed of something? So Jesus sneaks out. I always picture him. You know, they all sleep in one room. Usually it was the living room. And uh, especially in, in poor places like that, you can see him kind of sneaking around people, you know, and kind of tip. I feel like Tiny Tim doing a tiptoeing. <laughs> you have to be a certain age to get that one. But <laughs> tiptoeing through the tools. But I see, I really, I see him gently, either that or he put them all to sleep, being God, you know, like... But he, he managed to get out of there. He goes, he heads for the hills. Well, if you've ever been in that area, the hills are like eastern Oregon. There's nothing to hide behind. So in any case, Peter, is he lives there. He knows where to find Jesus. So we, next thing we know, if you notice, there's a posse. Peter is not alone. There's a whole group of folks. They want more healings. But Jesus has been there, and he gives us an example of prayer. He needs to find his vision. We started COVID here. We had to sit down and say, what's our vision for the year? Let's get over the five stages of grief. There's only 10 people can get into church. What are we going to do? And we got busy and we got the live stream running right off, right off the bat, you know. And uh, Jesus had a vision. How are we going to feed all of you in this year? It turned out it's still going on. Um, and Jesus' answer is so poignant. <laughs> Peter comes up. He says, what are you doing here? Everybody's looking for you. And Jesus just looks at him and says, what do you think I'm doing here? <laughs> Everybody's looking at me. And he says, let's go on. Most of us would think we're committing a sin at that point, leaving all those people behind. But Jesus knew his time was limited. He wasn't there to heal everyone in Israel. He was there to let people know that God exists, to preach the good news. And he went on. That was his vision. But he had to pray to get it. And so we have this, we find in, in Mark's gospel, Jesus prays a lot before he acts. Very vivid details all throughout this gospel. So blessed this year to hear this gospel with all these rich details. This hide-and-seek business goes on quite a bit in the gospels where Jesus suddenly, he's there and he isn't. They have to go looking for him. And then finding him, you see this with even the Holy Family. You know, Jesus hides himself in the temple. And the, his mother and father have to look for three days. That's a symbol of the resurrection of the dead. They didn't understand. So we too have to look. We start out with a fervent prayer life and then suddenly it isn't fun anymore. Do we give up? Or do we go looking for him? 
And in fact, he's looking for us. He's approaching us in disguise. It looks as though it's a coincidence. It looks like Jesus is walking along the shore of our lives. We're in the Sea of Galilee in a boat. It's, it's really him. He's calling us to a deeper relationship. Everyone in this room was called by Christ at some point, even if we've been baptized Christians from birth, Catholics. He calls people by name. We will understand this at the end of our lives. All the places where he was, with using surrogates sometimes, but it's always him. I could go on and on about it. But then suddenly, we don't hear him. We don't see him. Did he leave? No, he's just, he's like, you know, like a tree that you have, if you water all the time, it didn't get deep roots. We have to turn the water off so that it grows deep roots. When I entered the seminary, um, a friend of mine was there. I remember this very well. He's sitting there, like me, he had a long struggle with this thing. Uh, and uh, I, I, only half of me was there at that point. I was still working for the airline in my mind. But he says, I can't believe I'm in the seminary. A week later, you know what he said to me? I can't believe I'm in the seminary. <laughs> what a difference a week makes in a tone of voice. Uh, in my case, it was like a pipeline to God. I could tell you stories. You've only heard about a third of them, and they're all interesting. I mean, my, my uh, director down in L.A., she said she'd never seen anybody with more signs that could make up his mind. I said, well, it's tough. <laughs> yeah. And I get in the seminary, and guess what happened? The line went dead. I couldn't pray. I said, where are you? Nothing. Nothing. At one point, I realized, he said to me, I have you where I want you, and now, <laughs> and now you have to pay for it. <laughs> Six years of formation, believe me. You know, those guys are dying to get out up there. They can't leave the hill, you know, this year with COVID. It's tough for them. But anyway, we have this dynamic in our lives as well of God hiding, uh, and, and sometimes he's really clear, and sometimes he's not. Sometimes he's asleep in the boat. Sometimes he, he's walking on water and scaring us to death. But it's all part of God's plan. And this wonderful gospel is really the story of our lives as well. We are like James and John and Andrew and Peter. And we're not called to be apostles, but we each have our own role to play, and God is active in our lives. He wants us to grow because he knows our time is short. He knew his time was short. This is why he didn't want the demons to tell who he was. He didn't want too much attention because it started the clock ticking. He knew that the flores would put him to death. He knew. We too have the clock is ticking for us. It's not to be negative. But while we're here, we want to make good use of our time. And part of that is the need to seek God. And this is the message. As we approach our 40 days journey in Lent, about two and a half weeks, we might ask ourselves, am I seeking something poisonous? Is there something I ought to be seeking differently? Seeking God in prayer, spiritual reading. We'll be, this year we actually have books to pass out, unlike Advent. You know, there's all kinds of ways. He's speaking to each individual soul, walking by the Sea of Galilee, calling you in the boat, calling out to you. Are we ready when he calls? Will we recognize him? Do we realize these things are not coincidences? Like Andrew and Peter, if we are ready, the Spirit will show us where he is and the call that we are receiving.